Welcome to Heritage Tree, where we talk about heritage care and development for people and organizations. And now to our host, Dr. Dina Michelle Roscoe. Well, thankfully, my grandma knew the Lord, and she had experience at Multnomah School of the Bible in one of her terms. For a year, actually, she worked at a school there for children with cerebral palsy. And that would teach her, what she would tell me later, how to care for children with developmental needs. And that would serve her well in understanding and having empathy where my Aunt Judy was coming from. But back to rehabilitation, recovery, we can even call that training. Let's reframe it, right? Let's put some positivity back into it. Not toxic positivity, by the way. But if we have a choice, if we could say, oh, the way I am now is a way I'll always be and it will only just get worse also, so then it will change, of course. Of course, there's so much paradox in that statement. But how easy is it? All anxiety seems to be based on this belief that we need to be in control, so therefore we're assuming we're not. And what we're controlling, we're convinced won't work. (laughs) And the situation we're in, we're convinced will happen in the future. And so we're trying to grab what we might have had in the past unless it was traumatic. And so we don't want to think about that. Scripture says to forget the former things, to not dwell on the past, to see and perceive the new things God is doing for us. To see and notice things, it helps to walk at a slower pace. And that's where the yoke of Jesus comes in. Adam and Eve used to walk with God daily in the garden. This was what they did. This was life as they knew it. They knew no different. They didn't need to be trained to do it. They just did it. Walking with Jesus in the yoke now, as we know Christianity to be, is a retraining. This is being transformed by renewing our mind. By choosing, we have an option. I can think X, Y, and Z negativity about my situation, or I can think one, two, three positivity about my situation. Maybe it's apples and oranges. Maybe it's a mix of both. I don't know. But we do have a choice to believe in this moment. Lord, you could say, I feel anxious. I have an anxious thought that this won't change or will get worse. The truth is, I only have today and I don't know my future. And I have things to be thankful for today that you've given me. You can list off for every negative or anxious thought. Find five things to tell yourself, pray to God, say out loud to journal, to tell someone else even that you're thankful for. You can seriously cheer somebody up. People who are on the edge. I read a stat today that 54% of people in my city in one study, one newspaper study felt like they were on the edge. And that is the times that we're in, it seems. This idea of having less margins, so much so if you can imagine a dotted line or some kind of line around your body, say you're drawing a sketch of yourself and there's a picture of you and you were to draw a line around your body, your shape, your contour, and you have this padding in between you, that would be your margin. 
Say that's what prayer, meditation, or deep breathing give you, or walks and exercise, or sports, time with friends, laughter, art, reading, watching shows that that don't put you, by the way, into a automatic or sympathetic fight or flight mode, but that are enjoyable or imaginative, going out and doing acts of service. Scripture says, he or she who refreshes others, well, him or herself be refreshed. That this idea that service is mutually beneficial. Having basic nutrition and clean, accessible water without any strife or trauma or someone poking you regularly or intermittently to trigger your nervous system in a negative way, that those things take away margin, but the things that give them are the health-giving, life-giving, edifying resources in daily life. And that's where walking with Jesus comes in. And this is also where fellowship with other believers can come in. If they are also doing the same work in their own lives, this is building margins to buffer us in life storms, to give us energy and to help have that more positive perspective. And at the same time, we know we can take joy in our trials. But the point of this message is, to not take away from anyone who is rebuilding their life. Don't judge them. Jesus said, don't judge. You're not the lawgiver. God is. When you judge someone, you're raising your hand against God. You're rebelling. You're saying that you are the right head and he isn't. But you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know all the depths of that person's life or thoughts. People growing up, for the most part, were kind to my Aunt Judy. But there were some school children who made fun of her. They didn't know any better, we'll just say that, or maybe they were bullies. There were some of them that were. At that moment, I, while I felt anxious being around those individuals, I felt grateful that I knew my Aunt Judy. I learned early on, I was so grateful that I could have the experience of learning what unconditional love, what true love, rather, what a steadfast love, what I call my books, what the word says in Psalm. Your faithfulness, Lord, reaches to the skies. Your love and faithfulness reaches to the skies, to the mighty mountains. Your justice rolls like the deep rivers. God is so great and his love and faithfulness and justice do fill the earth and they can through us and we don't always see it because we have an enemy at work in that and Again, we are all sort of limping along with this mortal wound, this spiritual wound. And in Christianity, we call that sin. You might also know it as just a sense of isolation or separation or all the strife you see happening and all the suffering in the world. We're relearning how to walk with Jesus. A couple more things before we go today. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians talks about a whole list of virtuous characters that show you the fruit of someone who is living a life, learning to walk with Jesus. A new car, a new wife, more free time or hobby time, more sleep won't necessarily solve the challenges that ail us, but the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit work in our lives of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It's really yielding to those virtues in the moment. That, I believe, is one way we can walk with the Holy Spirit. 
walk with Jesus in his yoke. And remember, God doesn't put us in a vacuum or a pit, so to speak. Psalm 103, my favorite psalm, says the Lord redeems our life from the pit, crowns us with the crown of compassion. He always gives us something out of our suffering. Compassion means to suffer with. So we can learn, we can choose to yield and learn what compassion might mean. That is the way of exaltation in this world that Jesus taught by his example. We can let people keep their faith, hope, and love. We can help them improve or increase the buffer of themselves around their margins. Otherwise, if we're acting in ways that are neglectful or harmful, not only are you reducing the margin line closer to their body, but you're actually possibly putting that line in a dotted line in their body, taking chunks out of it. We know that trauma and reduced access to resources and safe love actually reduce people's lifespan, even in adverse childhood experiences or health disparities that are racially driven. We know that in research literature that that is a reality that all abuse does have a physical component in the end. Therefore, all abuse is physical in the end. You cannot escape that a person is embodied. You cannot just pull out their emotions and say, well, that's being beat up over here. Or you cannot just say, oh, those words are just being spoken around them in the air. It's not really penetrating. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And an anxious heart weighs a person down, but a kind word lifts it up. Proverbs says also that a crushed spirit can dry the bones. And laughter is great medicine. I had a lovely call today, ironically, with my insurance company. And the lady on the line, at the end of the call, I prayed for her. There's things that you can do, little things every day, to try to put a smile on someone's face and let them know that you care. And at the end of that call, she actually was so touched. She told me she loved me. She said, love you. And it just made me tear up with happiness. And some might say whether or not that was professional or appropriate. But professionalism, individualism, those are culture codes. Those are meant to be broken. Because culture codes aren't meant to define our identity and relationships. What I love about the Lord is he can walk us through that landscape and help us know what to do and how to respond. His love can help us through. Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, no harm, for you are with me. So even in that worst case scenario, walking with the Lord, he is above us and yet he walks with us horizontally. This is the answer to the core rebellion we read about. This is the encouraging part of it, of that heavier word. So we can take a bite out of people or out of their problems. We can help them and encourage them. And you can also make decisions and have self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit, and forbearance also, long-suffering, love and joy and peace. You can do those things with the Lord for yourself. So we fulfill that law. I talk about the triune ethic in my e-courses of loving God with all our heart, mind, body, soul, and strength 
and loving our neighbor as ourself. It is a triangle, triangle built for strength. And that is how we achieve unity. So the goal was never exaltation. It was togetherness. And that is what a gospel heritage is all about. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this time to talk about you and your gospel heritage on the this dark, rainy, cold day of this recording. Thank you, God, for the memories of my, my grandma and my aunt. Maybe my conversation here is helping my listeners remember hopefully fond things in their lives. And I pray that you give them the right crew, the right community to help build margins, the right people to walk with you, God, and that we can do that in our daily lives. And please encourage us, empower us in the Holy Spirit. We need his help to live up to the standard you have with the virtues you ask us to do it, to hold out hope, God, to choose the stay whom we serve, to believe the good that you promised. Your word said, whoever comes to you must believe you exist and richly bless all who call on you. So please give us that faith to believe in your goodness all the time. Please richly bless us today. Whatever personal challenges we're facing, whatever injuries or recoveries we're working towards, please give us the reframing needed to train ourselves in godliness and to live a more energetic, healthful, hopeful life. And I pray for that reunion one day that we can be with my grandma and Aunt Judy, their families, friends that know you, Lord, that we can be together and have something to look forward to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, tip us at the link below and inquire, subscribe, and shop our merchandise label of Heritage Tree and Heritage at dinamichellerosco.com and dogwoodgroup.io. Come back again when we gather around the Heritage Tree.